A couple of episodes ago, episode 84 in fact, I participated in a podcasting crossover with a few other shows, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Secret Wars and Beyond, and Married with Comics. Together, we covered the Mephisto vs. miniseries from 1987. I hope you listened to all the episodes. Honestly, I think they all came out really good. If you haven't, links to the other three shows can be found in the show notes. You can pause the episode and go listen to them. I'll be here when you get back. Alright, done? Good. So, after we did that, we ended up getting together one more time to discuss the crossover and series as a whole. Sadly, Sean and Greg from Secret Wars and Beyond, as well as Jeff from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, couldn't make it. But we did have Tim Price joining us. Tim, if you listen to the episodes, was the voice of Mephisto in all of them. Alright, that's enough preamble. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, dear listeners, to the Ring of Fire, a roundtable discussion wrap-up of the Halloween crossover extravaganza. My name is Rick, co-host of Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. On Halloween of 2018, four podcasts dared to do the unbelievable and the unwise by dissecting the Mephisto vs. miniseries from the 1980s. We blame Mephisto, but really, it's actually Greg's fault. And he's not even here to respond to it. Even better. That's my great voice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, We're going to spend this time just talking about how we got here. But first, let's review what happened. So it started on my show, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we hosted Greg from Secret Wars and Beyond to discuss Mephisto versus the Fantastic Four. Greg then took that baton from hell with his faithful partner in crime, Sean, and they tackled Mephisto versus X-Factor. I'm sorry, Mephisto versus the X-Factor. We have to get these things right. And on their show, with the help of Al, who's the host of Resurrections, a Warlock Thanos podcast, they uh, discovered what the real X-Factor was. What was it? I don't remember. Nice. <laughs> On Resurrections, Al and the married couple of John and Maggie from Married with Comics attempted to not get sick from the sleaze that was Mephisto versus the X-Men. And finally, I was sent over the Married with Comics in a Mylar bag to unwrap Mephisto versus the Avengers with John and Maggie. And through all of this, we had our favorite fan, friend, and fiend, Tim Price, providing the voice of Mephisto. So that was fun and all, but let's just go around our fiery form of fiendishly fresh friends and introduce ourselves. Please say your name, your podcast, and your drink of choice for the evening. We'll start with you, Al. Okay, I was about to say, yeah, let's go in the order that you did the shows. And since Sean and <laughs> Greg what? are here, unless I want to do more voices. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will, otherwise, Greg won't, might, not, might stop talking to me, or at least give him an excuse. All right, so, hi, I'm Al, the host of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's about, well, Adam Warlock and Thanos, really. It's all in the title. And my drink of choice for the evening 
is Devil's Chair Red Cypress Brewery IPA. What's the uh, alcohol per volume on that? 6% alcohol by volume, 55 IBU. Very nice. India Pale Ale. It actually has a little story, too. Ooh, we like stories. I know. Inspired by an urban legend in the Cassandra Cemetery located near our brewery, our Devil's Chair IPA is packed with a bright fruity hops and a dry sinister finish that won't let go. And I'm going to crack it open right now. <laughs> it smells like an IPA. Very nice. Nice bit of hop taste, but not too hot. I don't like it too hoppy. I get a little worried with IPAs, but this one, not bad, and not a really strong IPA aftertaste. I love the fact that we're having everybody come into the fold with microbrews. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking. The, someone else go. Yeah. On that note, let's go ahead and pass it over to the Married with Comics. We are the Shaper Hameses. I am John. And I am Maggie. And this is the podcast where we paraphrase. No, oh, no. It's, oh, that's right. It's not our show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am drinking uh, Arrogant Bastard Ale for yes. no reason besides the fact that there's a devil on the front of it. No other reason at all. It's a black can, which has a white devil with a red background. Um, in some great font, arrogant bastard ale, and in a red stripe on the bottom says, "You're not worthy." It also has a stri- uh, story. It says, "Arrogance, the act or quality of being arrogant, haughty." Uh, sorry, this is very small. Well, I'll skip that. This is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it. It's quite doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate an ale of this quality and depth. We would suggest that you stick to safer and more familiar territory. Maybe something with a multi-million dollar ad campaign aimed at convincing you. It's made in a little brewery or one that implies that their tasteless, fizzy yellow beer will give you more sex appeal. Perhaps you think multi-million dollar ad campaigns make a beer taste better. Perhaps you're mouthing your words as you read this. So, like, Ron Swanson would make this beer, basically. Yeah. So, we're going to check out what this tastes like. Uh, it's a rather bitter, rather hoppy. Yes. Uh, Arrogant Bastard is a fine, fine choice. I like that one. Do you? You've had it before? It's oh, yes. I've had it many times. They appear yeah. to be from San Diego. Yeah, I've and had I it think, before, too. I don't remember how I liked it or not, but I've had it. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was going to say, I think that, if I remember correctly, that was actually the beer that um, Greg had when we did Mephisto versus Fantastic Four. I think it you was. Maybe be right. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to the episodes, by the way, just in case you didn't know. I did listen to the episodes. <laughs> I think we all did. It's just been a while, and it, it burned itself out of our memory. Tim, why don't you go ahead? Certainly. Um, but proving yet again that I just cannot follow the rules or, you know, even be an out, manage to be an outcast even among the nerds, uh, I don't drink. So I didn't get a beer, <laughs> but we were at a German restaurant tonight. And I got a ginger beer from the restaurant itself. This is a Cutstown from Pennsylvania, Cutstown Soda Works. And let's just see how this is. Uh, see, you don't, you don't even get a good you don't even get a good bottle opening from that. You know what are you gonna do? <clears throat> oh, there's a very strong, very strong uh, ginger bite to that one. I like that. Uh, it's it's it has zero percent. Just, just in case you needed it, 
Zero. <laughs> but pure cane sugar. Oh, man. Now you're talking. <laughs> Tim, I, I have to say, you know, on our show, we do have beer, we do drink, but I do recognize that that is not for everybody and that for many different reasons, people will choose not to drink or can't drink. And if you have chosen to come to the table with a ginger ale or a ginger beer instead, a ginger soda, that is perfectly acceptable. And uh, we can still figure out a way to work cuts town in there because uh, these books cut so badly, we oh. have lost our soul because of it. So you know what? It still works. <laughs> you can and still play that game. I'll also play that it, it is a nice orangish red ginger ale so there you go it's on fire it's it's on fire right there there you go there you go i forgot to say this one is 7.2 percent alcohol by volume so once again i'm rick and on my show unpacking the power of power pack we tend to match up beers with the comics we're reading so this is my shtick of what we're doing here and i brought to the table black lucifer which is a belgium ale from it's brewed by borigi het Anchor, and don't ask me to say that again, <laughs> but it is from Belgium. And Ooh. this one is an eight point, let's see here. Yeah, it says 8.5%, 16 IBU. And it is a smooth, dark ale with notes of dark chocolate and roasted malts. The sweet aftertaste rounds into a long, warming finish that will surely seduce you. Yeah, I saw this beer after I had bought the beer that I used for our show. And I was like, ah, oh, that would have been perfect. Oh, we're going to do this one? Fine. I will buy this. Uh, enabling. Glad to help. Ooh, that is a... Belgium ales are... Um, they're not as hoppy as regular pale ales or, or regular ales. They have more of an earthy kind of taste to it. And this is perfect example of that. It's more of a yeasty taste than any of the sharp hop bitterness. And it's very, very dark. And it's very, very smooth. So I am going to enjoy this as we continue to talk about what happened and why we did this insane, insane thing. So let's talk about how this happened. And it's kind of funny because the person we can really blame for this is not actually here. But um, well, I was looking up actually for that because I saw you were talking about that before. So I looked up and I was digging through Twitter. That is a bad idea. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I blame Sean. I, because Greg just, Greg just said, oh, well, hey, this is on Marvel Limited. Sean says, are you ready to announce your new solo podcast yet? MephistoCast. And then somebody named Rick decided yeah. to jump in and go, okay, challenge. Let's do this. Let's do a four-episode podcast doing these. <laughs> and then some jackass. Interesting. <laughs> and then some jackass who has a Warlock and Thanos podcast put up a little meme with uh, from friends of Chandler yelling do it do it do it now and that's pretty much how we started and the and it just kept going downhill from there i think at that point in time i was like okay i'm going to see who blinks first who wants to do this well they were in we needed one other ones you got pulled in or did you volunteer i was actually just having fun seeing if i could get you guys to do this and then next thing you know, you're, you guys are like, well, you're in, right? I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so it's a little from column A and a little from column B. I'm like, yeah, I guess I should be. It's partially and then, my fault. And then I know that Tim raised up his 
Twitter-like hand and said, ooh, 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 I want to help out. And I said, fine, you're the voice of Mephisto. Never having heard his voice before and not <laughs> knowing if he would say yes, I just said, fine, you're Mephisto. If you want to you want to help out, you can be the voice. Well, and as, that, as remember, he knocked it out of the park. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> as oh, I remember, yeah. too, Absolutely. when, uh, when um, Sean and Greg were starting to talk about it, I was, I was like one of the first people who also chimed in after – um, Sean saying, "Oh, it's terrible. You have to read it. <laughs> you have to." And I, I kind of was really. I was also definitely um, in the peanut gallery saying, "Do it, do it, do it." And um, so, yeah. Then you guys dragged me into the the Twitter chat group, and what? And I, all of a sudden, I was going like, "What just happened?" Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what happened for everybody. Yeah, Uh, at this point in time, my first choice was to get um, Nicholas Prom from Comic Reflections podcast because I had recently met him in person here in Portland and I was trying to talk him into it. And he's his first instinct was, wow, this is really too complicated. I don't think I can do it. So he he backed out. And then I asked, "Okay, well, somebody else is going to get another podcast in. Al, take over. (laughs) And I said, hmm, who's foolish? (laughs) <laughs> who's, who's susceptible? Who's manipulatable? Hey, John, Maggie, want to join the show? Let's go on the show. You asked me, and I was like, sure. Sure, I'll do a crossover, whatever. What else is going to go on this month? That'll be easy. Sure, man. What are we doing? And I said, hey, Maggie, we're going to do a crossover. Yeah, and I said, um... Okay. Yep. <laughs> and, and and what is it about? And then I, I said, I don't know, I'll ask him in a second. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> you said yes before you found out what it was. Okay. <laughs> There's an order to these things. Which That's we've... why I asked him. <laughs> he asked the right person. <laughs> and of course oh, the best part about all this is uh my co host, Jeff, he really does not do any Twitter or get online. He just he doesn't get out from underneath his baby really at this point in time but um yeah the entire time this is going on i think we were at a party together and i'm kind of looking at my twitter account i'm going hey uh we might be doing a crossover he goes okay sure and what mephisto versus okay what's that (laughs) don't worry about it. it's probably not going to happen and then i come back uh yeah jeff we're actually doing it and i'm running it and he's like oh god what have you gotten us into now and then he read the books and his entire thing was these are funny. He he didn't get to the the pain of it. He went right over the pain and right to the comedy value he saw in the books. So, well, yeah, know. there's quite a bit of comedy value in those. Yeah, he, he's like, I'm I'm on the second page. I've got a half. I've got thirty jokes. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was comedy gold. But I mean, it was like it must have been like how they felt doing Manos, the Hands of Fate. You know, they got such, you know, on Mystery Science Theater, they got such great jokes after it, but that meant they must have had to watch Manos the Hands of Fate, like, 15 more times. times. Yeah, more times than they ever wanted to, yes. In a row. Manos, Hands of Fate. So, speaking of crossover events, who's ever done one of these before? I have. I've actually been involved with one for three years now. It's a yearly one. Which one's that? Uh, it's called uh, hashtag best event ever. Uh, okay. It's a bunch of different podcasts and blogs. And each year we pick a different event and cover as much of it as we can. Usually not the best ones. Uh, the first year we did bloodlines <laughs> and I covered bloodbath. Oh, mm. I'm you sorry. You poor bastard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not an arrogant bastard. 
a poor bastard. <laughs> poor bastard. Well, the poor bastard is a Maybe false very good, but one with no money. You are poor. <laughs> <laughs> no, the poor bastard is Paul French from the Legion of Substitute Podcasters, who I suckered into helping me with it, and I, he's not talked to me since. <laughs> Damn. I want to be on that. <laughs> you want to be on every. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a good. I, it's a good show. But um, we uh, then the next year we did Eclipse of the Darkness Within, and then this year, around the same, actually around the, for October, we did Under Underworld Unleashed. Ooh! So I have like two episodes in a row that have nothing to do with Adam or Thanos. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> hey. I, I must say, I must say that Mephisto is probably not very happy about you also doing a Neron story. I'm sorry. That's just no, <laughs> no. <laughs> That, that that he doesn't he doesn't care for that that blonde haired poser at all. I tell you right now. That's yeah, why he, he showed, showed up, up at our character. house when we were going to play D anD D and had a lot to say about that. <laughs> he was particularly he grumpy. I remember, yeah, yeah. See, at least at least Warlock and Thanos they've run across Mephisto before, and even Secret Wars, Mephisto has showed up in Secret Wars. You know, Maggie and John with their. Uh, podcasts in their format they, they cover everything i'm sitting here looking at jeff going so this has nothing really to do with power pack um we can make a thin connection by saying well here's franklin richards who's going to be in power pack but that's it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but that's especially around the time he's going to be in it so that kind of is it, it's somewhat of a connection yeah it's almost as much connection. as it's almost as much as ff versus the x-men which at least he's in costume on the cover acting as if these yeah. books um, had any connection to the books that were being published at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so yeah. Uh, anybody else have any experience I don't, with uh, crossovers? I think you said that uh, Maggie and John, this was your first time. It was my first time too. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, speaking for secret war, since they're not here, I think they've done some things before. Because they've well, been around for a while, and they're on a network. They're on the Pulp to Pixel network, so it's right. possible. Because I know yeah. some of their shows have been involved. Uh, Diablo Frank usually is involved with the best event ever. No, so. the Pulp to Pixel might have done JL May once yes. or twice. Yes, yes, I know they've done that too. Although I'm not sure if Sean, if Sean or Greg were involved with that or not. I can't remember. Yeah, Sean might have been involved. I'm, Greg might not have been. But they seem like, you know, such experts, which is why they couldn't, you know, deem to be a part of this little round table. <laughs> right. Well, and they cover one of the most important Marvel crossovers ever of Secret Wars 2, like every <laughs> every episode. So, well, they, uh, to, to you know, be, yeah. they're, they're used to this high quality of book to cover. Oh, no. <laughs> would you, I would was you gonna, say? I was... I was looking forward to talking to him because I really wanted to compliment him on their last episode. They had some really thoughtful things to say about how Jim Shooter accidentally told a story that could be told today about just like the just the impotent, the rage of the undeserved rage of the privileged. Yeah, because here's the they really, really made some great points. And I was going to tell him, but since he's not here, screw it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's really all or nothing with him sometimes. (laughs) In fact, you know, I'm going to edit that part out so he won't even hear it when listening. Gone. (laughs) Gone. They do such a they do such a great job with their show. Uh, You're going to edit that part out, too, right? (laughs) Gone. 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 Uh, I said it. I just all my all my. 
all of my comments about their show, unfortunately, are recorded it indefinitely on their own website, so I can't. Take <laughs> that I'm 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 branded, so you know. No, I've I've always been impressed with the thoughtfulness they do bring to their show, and it's it is amazing how deep they go into you know not only Secret Wars and Secret Wars Two the crossover uh, issues and they really try to try to tie it together about the bigger picture that Jim shooter probably was going for and trying to make something good out of nothing. One thing I was interested about, and I mean, we're going to have to kind of speak for them again, but what do you guys think about this miniseries versus the secret war miniseries, secret wars miniseries, which do you think is better? Secret wars, the first or secret wars, two? secret wars two. Uh, see, that's, Hmm. let me let me think about that for an hour i'll be right back <laughs> that's that's the that's the secret question that i brought to the table <laughs> you're hitting it right off the bat right you're starting us off with that one <laughs> okay this definitely is, is influencing this 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 podcast that's all i gotta say I'll give see, somewhat of an and answer. we're at a disadvantage on that because maggie's never read secret wars 2 and so you lose the best of us on that but i'll do <laughs> well, what i can let's hear secret what i gotta say was better I'll, than this al I, I, what do you think i was gonna say it's it's been a while since i read secret wars 2 so i'm trying to remember writing wise but if we're just going the other way artistically, then we got to go with Mephisto because even Al Milgram would definitely say, himself say, "Who's a better penciler, me or John Buscema?" Mm, John Buscema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Mephisto is better because it's all John Buscema art. It's pretty good art. It is pretty good art. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but that's that's a good point there. I think Secret Wars two probably had loftier goals than this one did. Whether or not either of them hit, I think we can say none of them really hit. No. Um, Content-wise, Secret Wars 2 did have a lot more content. Secret Wars 2 actually did cross over into things it claimed to. And much like this one, the the things that were tangentially um, connected to it were often far better than the product itself. But New Mutants. uh, I don't know. If there would have been a... If there would have... If Mephisto versus would have gone on for a year and he would have fought, put every damn hero in the Marvel Universe into Mylar bags every month, then (laughs) this one would have been better because it was shorter. But I I don't know. It's... It's like trying to compare apples the size of watermelons and apples. I think I would tend to lean towards Secret Wars 2 for the simple fact that there was actual outcomes that occurred. I really cannot think of another, you know, 616 miniseries that did not actually affect anything else that was happening in any of the books that it crossed over with. I was literally trying to mm. think of one the other day. I was trying to think of, because there's been a ton of useless miniseries that have been sure. tossed around here and there, but at least there's, this one's never been referred to again. Exactly. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. The next closest thing is um, just before Eric Masterson took over as Thor, where Thor himself uh, seemed to kill Loki again. And Mephisto grabs him, grabs something in a plastic baggie with Thor's face on it down in his domain. Really? Uh, yeah. That's right. I forgot all about that. Yes. Yeah, I, I was reading that. I forgot. 
I read that's... that at the time, but I hadn't read Mephisto Versus, so I didn't get it. But now, oh my yes. god, it's like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that Mylar they bags still and Mylar bags. So, so Mephisto has a collection of Mylar bags down there. But I mean, eh, nothing that occurred in these this miniseries actually occurred no. outside don't, don't get me wrong i'm not arguing that that's yeah. <laughs> a valid connection <laughs> at the same no. time at the same time it's deep pull deep it does you know refer to it in a in a fashion but not necessarily to the story right <laughs> but yeah you're right nothing was ever mentioned again nothing was touched on again it had zero effect on anything maybe yeah. heroes reborn they didn't refer to that anymore afterwards. <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> All right, we well, fixed it. Moving on. <laughs> and the crossing didn't happen either. Shut up. Oh, crossing. <laughs> but the Heroes Reborn even had more because that at least led to Heroes Return, which led to things like the Busiak Perez Avengers. So that had effects. Yeah. 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 And the, and second, good round effects. Of Wade, the second round of Wade doing Captain America. Yes, which is just a continuation of the first, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, it was. It was just a one-year hiatus, darn it. (laughs) Yeah, you guys were talking about the Fantastic Four versus X-Men. I mean, that actually had some consequences. I mean, it stopped Kitty Pryde from how she was facing. It kind of stabilized her a bit, and it had some internal uh, effects on Fantastic Four going forward, too. And I know it was referred in other places. And also, it's a good miniseries. Oh, it's a great miniseries. And wasn't X-Men versus Avengers, that's where Mephist- or where uh, Magneto uh, kills the Soviets on the on the sub. Well, no, no that's where he goes to uh, trial for it. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Killing okay. them is uh, X-Men 150. Uncanny You're 150. Right. Sorry. Uh, the, yeah, the actual I'm for trying to remember X-Men got <laughs> with these guys. These guys are great. No. The actual the actual uh, miniseries, the first three issues are okay. The fourth one is off the rails. Yeah. But no, I mean I, just saying that 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 one tied into continuity in an important way. It finally had a culmination. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Whereas this is this. Yeah, I'm even trying to think of like random miniseries they did in the eighties and I'm thinking like Okay, Beauty and the Beast. Well, that brought in those um, that what was that group of people that were working? Uh, oh God, that, are, that, that arena that, people. Yeah, those, yeah those, gladi- uh, those gladiators. The gladiators. Gladiators. Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. went into New Mutants, so that happened. Iceman yeah. miniseries brought in Oblivion. Yes. Oh, so, and and and, and it also and also really talked a lot about his parents, and that kind of that went forward through uh, some issues in X Factor, even. So I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, I mean, I haven't read the Gargoyle miniseries yet, so maybe that has nothing to do with anything. I don't know. Uh, Spider-Man know Chapter the... 1? I don't know what you're talking about. All right, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Costumes on. Kind of going back a little bit to my crossover events question I asked earlier, since this was new for some of us, was there anything new that anybody really learned by doing this? 
I know that for myself, I learned um, what can and can't work when recording using Skype and Google Hangouts. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we learned that lesson the yep. hardest way. <laughs> I have, I have, I've re-found uh, my love of making sure I've got a secondary recording device. So, yep. yes, I've got that. You're here. Hmm. Um, I'm apparently stealing the mail is a sin. Yes, yes, that is true. Oh, yes. I learned that uh, Mylar bags are an in-universe uh, thing in 616. I learned a ton, actually, about just about editing from different tracks. I mean, just I got I got I had a lot of fun with mixing music together with things that were rec- recorded at completely different times and making it flow together like it sounded like a conversation. So that was really exciting. I mean, it was long, arduous project process of things to make things sound really kind of cool is always just moments like that make what we do worth it. Yeah. And I like yeah. that. I couldn't find anything from this ep- the issue, this series itself, except some <laughs> decent art. I think every time I do any kind of recording and, and work, I'm always trying to find ways to do it faster and also ways to make it sound a little bit better or make it, you know, really work with the production value or some of the uh, sound design. I've got a nice, uh, production notes thing where I've got the tweaks I do on my voice or Jeff's voice to kind of change up our voices a little bit, make them sound younger, but <laughs> mostly mine and my wife's. <laughs> no one really knows he's really an 80 year old man. Oh, now that that is completely Jeff. I don't touch that one at all. That, that's just <laughs> right from his lovely bearded face. Oh yeah. I wasn't thinking <laughs> about that part, but oh, no, perfectly. What about, uh, what about you, Al? What, you got anything else that you learned? I learned who Lisa Lothied is, and I learned what that song is that's on John and Maggie's uh, promo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm driving to work. Yay! It was either Halloween or the day after. No, it was the day after because I finally got up to your episode, and I'm listening to it. Also, I'm like, that's the song on their promo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love that song. I particularly like, oh, like that version. Mm-hmm. Oh, the it. more you know. It's from raccoons. It is from raccoons. <laughs> raccoons made it? No, it was a. It's a Canadian uh, cartoon. It's quite strange, um, yep. actually. But that's the oh, for cool. whatever reason that's the closing credit song for this cartoon for kids about raccoons. Is yep. <laughs> and I didn't know anything Power about ballad. this show except it was on when I was a kid, right before Dungeons and Dragons, car- the cartoon came on. And I would get up right before that, <gasps> and I would hear the end credits of Raccoons, which was "Run with Us." You know, <laughs> just... Yep. And then, oh you know, man! Wow, that song has a whole new layer of depth I hadn't expected. <laughs> <laughs> it's our power song. Wow, it's our power ballad, as it were. It is our power ballad. <laughs> we played it at our wedding. That's nice. You're going to have to get married again just for that. Just for that. <clears throat> after, after the next crisis. <laughs> Capital C I was, crisis. I was like right? existential C. crisis. Uh, when you're rebooted. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> We're all scrawls. We just don't know it yet. Okay, your podcast has got to get canceled and then rebooted. You know, we're going to bring it back. <laughs> with issue with an episode number one. Well, you did, just participate, you did just participate in a crossover, so it's the perfect time. Yeah. yeah, yeah time. <laughs> and it did <laughs> involve the X-Men. Yes, it does. <laughs> As does. Uh, um, 
Don't say Mephisto and marriage in the same thing. I'm surprised we made it through this. <laughs> oh, because of Pete. Yeah. 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 Oh. Mm. Everyone's Grr. making the same noises. That's not the way we're editing. Stay positive and love the medium, and I recognize the difference in qualities, but there are certain things that are objectively crap. Well, yes. Involving, like, Peter Parker selling his marriage to the devil, mm-hmm. for example. But that, but that's a different story. That's a different story for a different day. But it brings yeah. us to this question, though. What's your <laughs> overall feelings about the entire event? What were the highs? What were the lows? Tim, what was your highs and lows? Oh, my goodness. I must say that it was, uh, it was really a lot of fun working with all of you guys on the scripts for Mephisto. And I think that when you first like came up with the idea about having a promo for the crossover, uh, I guess got on a tear and, and whipped out uh, an initial script like that same night, just because I was just because it sounded like so much fun to try to write it up. And then I know you all you add some edits and, and notes to it, and it came together really pretty cool. I liked it a lot. But yeah, just just recording the voices and having fun with it, and all the other crazy crazy things that uh that I had that I got to do with it. So that was a lot of fun. I also learned from this that um. You know, my wife is scared of my maniacal laugh, so like, <laughs> I, I can't do it when she's in the house anymore. Uh, so that's a that's a thing. But my daughters think it's my daughters think the laugh is funny. Yeah, uh, which we have on an outtake. Yeah, should I be worried about that? No, no, my no. my daughter my daughter loves it when I do my evil laugh. So yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. Stop it! I'm scared. Yeah. Well, of course they like it. Have we not learned from movies? There's nothing more evil than like a, you know, tween girl. Yeah. And they're getting you there. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't disagree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have any, I mean, did you have any lows? Uh, Maybe the fact of, you know, the last minute, uh, hey, can you record this really quick? Can you record this really quick? I need this now. (laughs) I resemble that remark. Hey, no, I, 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 I had to I do honestly, those myself. <laughs> no. Honestly, I, I was having so much fun with the part that that didn't bother me at all. So you and I knew that you guys, I mean, you know, not to not to wax anybody's cars. You guys worked so hard on getting this thing put together. And I'm just here just recording silly voices. So I was, you know, I was glad <laughs> to help out. So you guys were awesome. But it would um, not have been the same without you. No, no. absolutely. Tim, oh, you did yet. such an amazing job. You really did. And you became an integral part of our podcast, too. You, you oh, showed up that's in two right. bits of ours and then yep. the new one we're going to do. Yeah. So now anytime like I encounter Mephisto from now on, I think it's just going to be Tim's voice in my head, like all the time now. Mm-hmm. Which kind of takes the edge off of Mephisto a little bit. <laughs> 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 but that's okay. All right. I prefer I'll, to think that Mephisto just jams to bad English, you know, when yeah. after he's done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say yes. I would say yes, he does that. I should say that peeking behind the curtain a little bit, when we first started out the process, he gave us three different voices with a lot of different <laughs> lines. Yeah. And we actually had a, a discussion on Twitter about mm-hmm. which one of the three voices we like the best and why. And it was, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a heated discussion, but it was interesting that we all like, oh, this is what I'm t- you know taking apart. And it was amazing that he did a great job on coming up with the three distinct voices. Oh, can mm-hmm. you make it a little higher or, or a little lower? And, you know, 
kind of a more throaty and it, it was a lot of fun kind of giving him a little bit of mm-hmm. stage direction from miles and miles away. Yeah, so that was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, got a, I got a huge kick out of that. That was just great. And when well, and whoever commented that one of the voices reminded you of the Crypt Keeper from uh, the old HBO TV series. That yeah. was a riot. I love that. That, that is me. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> that I think he said great. that. It was like, going, yeah, yeah, that one. We need to we need to get that a little bit lower. We, that's a little too high. It's more Crypt Keeper. We're going to come a little lower. I was actually uh, kind of going for a green goblin ghouls. sort of vibe there with that one from mm. maybe the 90s mm-hmm. cartoon instead is kind of that's kind of what i was going for there but it was also like deliberately trying to give you guys some variety to see what you would go for you know what 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 you all thought of for Mephisto. if they all sounded too much alike well, that wouldn't have been any fun right so i wanted to make sure they all had some variety there. that was pretty fun well, it, it was the once that happened and you put that out there was the moment i realized that we were going to be able to pull this off that it was going to be something more than just each of our podcasts has a guest star. I was curious, was that how many people had fear when you were first pulling open the uh, the audio file with Tim? You're like, oh, God, please, please don't <laughs> let him sound like a Smurf. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you've never heard this guy's voice before. This could be the worst possible idea in the world. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, yep, that's going to work. I mean, did it, was it just me that you had that initial kind of first? I'm a little scared. Was, so I assumed he, he knew what he was doing. If he actually took the time to put that many out there, I'm like, oh, you must know what he's doing. And they were great. Uh, I think I objectively <laughs> glommed onto one immediately. It was just like, we need this one. But but that first moment, that first moment, right before you hit it, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what sound is going to be coming out of here. I thought you knew. No. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess he must be good at this. <laughs> I seriously, it was it was it was a shot in the dark. I said, "You want to help? You're the voice." I had never heard his voice before. That's no, awesome. Because it could have come through as like, "Greetings, it is I, Mephisto. <laughs> I am calling to you from my eternal infernal realm." I know. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know if this guy's like got an- any. Martian, what's the one where they have to play slim pickings to make their heads explode? Mars attacks. <laughs> oh, Mars attacks. Mars yeah. <laughs> Al, did you have any highs and lows? Yes. In in the series itself, the artwork, like I said before, John Buscema did it. There's some really good artwork in here. Yes. So there, that's definitely the highs is looking at that artwork. And also, like we we're talking about Tim, when I'm asking Tim, hey, can you write, put, do record this? And then he sends me like, not just what I asked for, and not just a couple takes of it, but a couple variations on the words I said. So he's like, well, if you don't want it to be exactly those words, welcome, mortal. How about, you know, welcome, mortals, and welcome, worshippers of Thanos, and welcome this, and welcome that. It's like, damn, I have choices now. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice when you have that. (laughs) That's the freedom that I had since I wasn't doing a podcast. (laughs) Y'all are working hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's making our work even more hard because we have to make a choice now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, wait, which one do I use then? Damn. I'm like, okay, I was going to use this, but I like this one better. Okay, let me change my script around here so I can work it around. <laughs> what about what about a low? Is there What was the worst? I, th- I think I can guess. Um, two o'clock in the morning probably might be a low. Actually, that's kind of a norm. 
Well, Sadly, that's low- only about 15 minutes. That's only about a half hour or 15 minutes past my normal bedtime anyway. So fair enough. <laughs> what was a low then for you? If we're going in story, then definitely um, going mostly with the issue since that's, I read that issue like several times to be ready for it. Issue three Wolverine. Cause that Wolverine is just a jerk mm-hmm. who doesn't like anybody and is ready to kill everybody. Not mm-hmm. the kind of noble samurai person like the what the one who in like a few months would be hanging out with Katie Power, protecting her while the Reavers attack. Yeah, that's not this guy. Yeah. No, this guy would have killed Katie. Mm-mm. Yeah. And we're going to get back to that question too. But that's a very very good point. That's the Wolverine. Um, like like I said, that's the in the episode. That's the Wolverine that Jim Shooter wrote in Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. That definitely sounds familiar. Maggie, what about you? What was your highs and lows of, the, of this, especially since you've never read this before? Yeah, I definitely had to work to maintain an open mind. And I will freely admit that I only read the last two, the Avenger, the X-Men and the Avengers ones. I, I, I will not <laughs> read the first two issues. I just won't. <laughs> this is it. And I'm like, this is not how I wanted to be introduced to the X-Men, or Mephisto, for that matter. Good news, you haven't been introduced to the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's to be the case, yes. What about a high for you? I, yes, uh, that, that would be a high. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I mean, and and I think I mentioned this later on in my notes, but Rogue had a brief moment in in uh, X Men where she actually does on her own just stand up against Mephisto, who is you know essentially Satan. And I, I had a lot of respect for her for being able to do that. Quickly lost it throughout the rest of the two stories, but that wasn't necessarily her fault. So I guess in terms of the story, that's probably the high. In terms of the whole experience, I'd say finishing it was probably the high. <laughs> finishing it on time, getting it done, that was that was a good moment for me, I thought. <laughs> and finally, John, what's your highs and lows? Um, highs from the story... I, I thought uh, a, a lot of uh, the tortures that Mephisto came up for them were interesting. We'll get to that later, if not useful. Lows were pretty much all of the rest of it, and and being um, <laughs> being sick, we got completely sick both of us during several points of the recording process of this. That was fun. Other highs were being able to have your daughters of. Uh, the voices to choose from yeah. for various booms. That, that was, was great. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yes. That was a lot of fun. No, I, I, the, the whole experience was fun. It was neat being part of something and then hearing the final product and everybody's... It's just It just reminded me of the joy of sometimes covering something bad. And especially this group of it, just trying to find something good that you can say about it, just to um, encourage the positivity of, of this thing that we do. Yeah. And and there was a really a lot of that came out of it. And even if it wasn't there, we would make it up ourselves. Oh, you mean like uh, pointing out two demons who they were the actual heroes of the story? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The communist demons. <laughs> the communist demons. Yeah, they demons of the world unite. Yeah. Very proud of them. Rise up and uh, control the means of production. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be re- don't be oppressed by the man or the demon. However, the D man, the D man. <laughs> yes. Oh God, no, no, not D man. No, 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 no D man was like You've just been issued a cease and desist by Etrigan to say to never refer to this particular Mephisto as the demon ever again. No. Okay. We, you know, we've already kind of talked about it, 
but let's actually get into the series itself because why else are we here except to drink beer and you know have fun what are your guys' memories of the series originally? I know, you know, Maggie, this is your first hit at it, but when mm-hmm. did you guys first pick this up and why? Uh, we got asked to be on a crossover. Yeah, and <laughs> never then we had to read this. Uh, we had never, I had never read this before. I had forgotten it existed. Wow. <laughs> so that's on my soul. <laughs> yep. Sisto <laughs> wins again. When I saw when I saw this thing post up, I knew exactly what this was because I started collecting after this came out. But I was a completist, still kind of am a completist. So I started off with X Factor. My first issue was actually an Incredible Hulk that was guest starring X Factor. So I was going through and I was picking up a whole bunch of X Factor and then going into X Men, and you know I kind of grew out from there. I want to say in my travels of finding you know, every miniseries or everything that had X-Men and X-Factor in it, I came across these and I was going, oh, well, I must get them all. And as a kid, I, you know, God, I must have been like 11 or 12 when I picked these up. I read them back then. I read them multiple times as a kid. I could not tell you as a kid what that story was. I knew it was bad, but I'm like, this has got to mean something. No, no, it meant nothing. <laughs> And then now when I reread it as an adult, I'm still thinking, yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I picked this up because I was a completist and I had the entire run. I mean, these were right for my collection. What about you, Al? Uh, it's actually almost the same story. I started collecting right after this series came out. I just started differently. I went from I started with Power Pack, went to New Mutants and then X-Men and then X-Factor. Wow. And I really wanted to get everything of that because I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. What else is there? So, you know, I see Fantastic Four versus the X-Men miniseries. Need to get it. Need to get this. And I remember buying this around probably the same age, somewhere between 11 and 13. I know I have it somewhere. I know I've read it. I don't think I've ever read it more than the one time, maybe <laughs> twice. I don't remember. I didn't remember really anything about it except I had read it and it was a thing. <laughs> I, I remembered one scene. One there's one scene in that entire story that that just stuck in my head. I'll get Which to that one. one but, oh, okay. But yeah, I yeah it it doesn't really no there ain't there. What about you, Tim? Uh, I I think I'm a a little older than the rest of you guys, which is no surprise there. But I was like halfway through college when this series came out, and my my comic collecting is kind of interesting in that way. Um, there was no local shop there. I mean, I could get things off the newsstand sometimes, but it was no, there was no local shop. I was actually getting my comics on mail order from Dave's Comics in Richmond. So that was pretty awesome. And so I got all four of these books in my monthly, from my monthly shipments. I don't really know if I asked for them to be added or <laughs> since I was already buying Avengers and Fantastic Four and X-Factor and X-Men in that if you put them in it, just in addition yeah. to say, hey, do you want these? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm getting everything else, so of course. Um, and yeah, I read them at the time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, I did. And, 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 you, and you didn't cancel your subscription. I, I did not. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a problem. I still have a problem. I have a very bad problem. <laughs> I think all of us have the same problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think I've revisited it. I might have revisited it once since the initial reading, maybe. But I still remembered the series a lot better than I thought I did 
when I got back when I back through it. Not that I'll agree. There's like no consequence to this series whatsoever. No. I, even even Secret Wars two has the introduction of Boom Boom. Yeah, that's that's the most important thing though out of Secret Wars two is Boom Boom. If it wasn't for her creation, there'd be no memory of that. There'd be no reason for that series to exist. But <laughs> Mephisto versus <laughs> Mephisto versus nothing. So I'm, it I'm also trying to explain disagree. to I'm us to that Luke Cage with you. doesn't understand how money works. Yeah, he, he thinks that we're still on the gold standard. Danny tries to explain it to him, but he's like, "Shut up, I'm rolling." <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, Maggie might be out of this next question, but the rest of us have read all of the issues and, you know, we've read this with adult eyes. Now, what is your ranking of the quality of the issues? You know, who, who of us won the lottery and got the best issue? You did. You think it was a fantastic four issue yeah. one. Yep. Issue, issue one. one. Hands down. I'll give it to X factor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn between fantastic four and X factor. I kind of think that those ones were the best. Um, right. That's damning with very faint praise. But. I hear a lot of question marks after that best. I kind of liked X Factor a little bit more you know, once I looked back through it. But the, the series definitely goes downhill at the end there. Now, okay, those two are the top, and there could be some disagreement about which one's the best. Which one's the worst? Well, the X-Men. Uh, yeah, the X-Men, the X-Men yeah. I think I'd give the worst. I mean, I know I haven't read the first two issues. And honestly, as far as my opinion is concerned, that's fine with me. But the X-Men <laughs> one really was genuinely, I think, disappointing. Even I knew that the characters were not I depicted quite accurately to what they really were at the well, time. and it did. Well, that's why I, I give the, the nod to the X factor out of all of them. The, the X factor characters acted the most like the X factor that was being published at the time did. I mean, even the fantastic four, I guess they were Roger Stern esque to a, to an extent, but the X-Men, as Al said, were all just like what a, however, because Al pointed out on, on his show that we were on that all the rest of them got, got consultants from the creative team, except for X-Men, which was the consultant was Jim Shooter. Right. Yeah. And Chris Claremont said, um, no, thanks. But I still understand that. how that, I still understand the obstacle there because Al, can just read the issues of X-Men himself and see I, how I, the, to write the characters. And I don't quite get where his source material was. There's a comic published every month, I think, by Chris Claremont at that time. Yeah. So I don't I mean, quite get they're, they're not even characters. But they're not even characters of the of the X-Men. They are, no. they are completely... Uh, these are the powers, and this is like the base, base instincts, I guessed. But yeah, no, he was I, talking to Shooter, and Shooter, I guess, had a bone to pick with Claremont. I guess, I, um, but also Rogue's be... treatment, Rogue's treatment in that issue alone yes. was just uh, yeah. Uh, the, the sexual, the sexual harassment, I think, is the worst part of just as I kind of yeah. said, Mephisto sticking his tongue so far down Rogue's throat. It is slimy and gross and uncomfortable and offensive and all kinds of negative adjectives. <laughs> and it's not Rogue. 
And it's not Rose. No, no, yeah. No. And not only that, then they have to screw with how her power works. I mean, you know, yeah. at least the, at least the Avengers have the decency of not showing up to theirs. <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah. laughs> Well, no, that no, one page? Dr. Druid was there and then he died. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful, by the way. I love Very that. Nice. Uh, okay. I, I'm not, maybe to play Mephisto's advocate um, on Rogue's <laughs> powers, I just one thing I, I do, did want to dice, I kept dissecting a little bit on that was one of the major th- plot points from her absorbing Carol Danvers' powers mm-hmm. and her memories permanently was afterwards professor x was able to help restore carol's memories but carol would say that she lacked her emotional attachment to the memories yeah that's right now lots of lots of studies and other you know observation things i've seen over the years also kind of show that memories it very inherently include an emotional attachment to them just out of just automatically, and in fact, one of the interesting things about um, when I worked for a an online gaming company, that one of the great producers there was all about building the experience and building the community of the players, because even though the experience that they're sharing is a virtual one, it's not like they're not flying real planes and f- shooting down real you know Germans in World War Two. They're still sharing an experience, and the victories they have are still very important. So that's actually like a thing about where the memory of that also just still churns up those emotions. When you go into that and say, okay, well, so Carol has lost, has can has the memories, but she's lost the emotions. Mm-hmm. Could it be argued that losing the emotions is the part of her losing what the Marvel Universe would consider her soul along the way? And thus, does that open the door to Rogue's power truly even including this soul-draining component? It, it's very akin to squinting at the picture, turning your head a little bit to the side, and you know, blowing some smoke in the air, kind of looking at it. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. It's just such a different and strange interpretation of her powers, especially at that time. And even though I think there's an a future X-Men issue uh, during their first visit during to Genosha where Rogue's powers get taken away and she gets overtaken by the Carol Danvers psyche because Rogue has basically been raped. And so Carol Danvers takes over and you know says, I'm in charge of the body now. And there's they kind of go through, I think, in that issue or a future issue where there's some echoes or some wisps of, of souls or, or not souls, but echoes of the people that she's touched in the past that are kind of bouncing around in her mind that would lean a little bit closer to the souls. I I think that I like the uh, term echoes a little bit more a weird thing. I, I was, I've been reading the Harry Potter series to my daughter at night before she goes to bed. And we just finished up the fourth book where spoiler for Harry Potter, anybody um, where uh, Voldemort and Harry are, pointing their wands at each other and they they connect and he's and harry starts to pull out the last spells that voldemort did and they have these echoes these ghosts that come out and later on dumbledore says well it's not their it's not ghosts it's echoes it's just these last remnants of the person before they died it's not ghosts because they're not going to change it's just 
this is what they were at that point in time. I would tend to lean a little bit more that a soul would be more akin to what you would see as a ghost because that's kind of the culmination of all of your experiences and it's going to keep on learning. Whereas an echo, it's like here is just kind of a shade of what you were at that time. So I'll just throw another little wrinkle on that of the, of um, the in X-Men post the Genosha story mm-hmm. after rogue gets sucked back through the siege perilous and months later she comes out again and she and the Carol Danvers part of her are physically separated. That Carol Danvers is also not the Carol Danvers who's flying around as binary at the time. Oh. It's just another part split off from her. Do and I would say that you know, is I, I, you know, that could be a, that could be an echo. It could be mm-hmm. that there's that Carol Danvers soul was actually there enough to have a new form, and that's why the, that's what the Siege Perilous keyed into. I'm you know I'm just. I think a big point of it, though, is that you have personally given it more thought to how it works than I think Al Milgram did in this story. <laughs> I can totally buy that Rogue's uh, draining is in some way draining a soul, but I don't buy it as much that Mephisto can then use this as a cheat code to be able to snap up a whole bunch of X-Men so he can trade them up for Thor or which, or however the hell it worked. Yeah. No, I, they said it. I, I will, up, I will yeah. freely grant that point. <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that we are trying to pull out just the tiniest, you know, the tiniest gram of gold out of this sea of sand. That is this, you know, lovely series. <laughs> I, I I think that the only good thing about Rogue's entire portrayal is it asks an interesting question of what is the limits of her power? But like John said, yeah, we're giving this way more thought than an Al Milgram ever did. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. The best thing about Rogue was the fact that she actually, not her powers, but the fact, and not what happened to her, but the fact that she's one of the only ones that actually was proactive throughout the whole series. Everyone else just gets beaten up or reacts. She was the only one that actually did something proactive. In, in, at least in the X-Men book, yeah. Yeah, she attempted to do something. Right, it she was, did. It wasn't, didn't work, and yeah. it was part of his plot, so to speak, but everyone else just kind of reacted. She actually yeah. made an attempt to do something. I mean, like, when you see the Avengers show up, and, and they are entirely ineffectual as to even be, not even considered to be in the book itself that they are in, which yeah. has their name on the cover, but in the X-Men one, Rogue does her damnedest to at least do something. And even if it didn't pan out, it, she at least, you know, kind of had some kind of an action to do. She had something to contribute to the overall story. Whereas a lot of, especially in the Avengers one, they're barely even worth mentioning. They really don't do much of anything. So mm. Rogue kind of was yeah. both, I think, the one of the best and one of the worst characters, I guess, in a sense, in the in the two that I read. So she was, she was the yeah. best character. She had the worst things happen to her. Yeah. And she was depicted completely differently, as far as I understand it, from what she normally yes. was like, which is odd. So in the sense, yeah, so she was both the best and the worst. And that's why I also would favor the, the FF issue, because we, from that story, they weren't expecting to be a, a, attacked by Mephisto at that time. There was this was all sneak attack for that. The other issues, they get, you know, the, the very... Ugh, loose thing of Mephisto playing the seed in Reed's mind to warn these other teams. So 
they should be proactive, but they still are failing to be. But in the, I don't in think, Fantastic I don't think Four, they, they didn't have a chance. They it was all out of the blue, and you know yeah. they and at least when they were down in the in the in the Mephisto's domain, Ben Grimm still said it's clobbering time and was and was going after him, even though he didn't stand a chance. Johnny Storm still flamed on, but nope, he didn't get anywhere. It's like ah, because flame and hell. That's smart. Yeah, that makes sense. Johnny has never been the uh, big brain of the team. No, (laughs) no. Johnny used to think he had a secret identity. So you know, let's go with that. Oh yeah. That was so funny. Hi, John. Hi, Maggie. I'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that we're married. <laughs> Me too, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Aw. Oh, hey, I was looking at these old comics, and I noticed that there's Hold a Hold that thought. Why don't we talk about it on our podcast? Do we have a podcast? It seems like the logical next step. We get married. We change our names. We combine our comic collections. We start a podcast about comic books. Well, I can't fault your logic, but there are plenty of podcasts out there already. Do you really think we'll have anything new and interesting to say? Oh, I think we'll manage. Welcome to the Married with Comics podcast, where we constantly fuck up. <laughs> she goes from Marvel Girl to Phoenix to Marvel Girl to Jean Grey to Phoenix to Dead. <laughs> um, and then apparently he's so consumed with his own thoughts that he runs right past three monkeys <laughs> a brainwave camera took a picture of that guy's head a brainwave camera oh, and Ben's just basically whatever you gotta do to stop the commies Nick. so join us at the Married with Comics podcast where two newlyweds with a love for comics intelligently critically and thoughtfully discuss comic books also listen as we goof around, make jokes, and make fun of John for mispronouncing names. I do that a lot. Sometimes we'll pick a topic and review and discuss comics that relate to the topic. And sometimes we'll pick up a comic and see what discussion topics come up. And sometimes we'll spend an entire episode talking about how much Maggie loves Batman. The only thing that's almost as strong as my love for you is my love for Batman. The Married with Comics podcast. Available directly on our site at marywcomics.lipson.com, on iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are found. Also, check us out at Facebook at the Married with Comics podcast. We've got everything you need. Okay. All right. This is a bad series. We agree on it. Mm-hmm. Enough said. But what's a good Mephisto story? Does anybody have a good Mephisto story? No, they're Crickets. all terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did check out. Ah, oh boy, I can't remember now what it is. I did check out the first uh, appearance of Mephisto. Silver Surfer looked, three. Three. Thank you, Silver Surfer three. So my notes of like, hey, you should write that down. Of course, I didn't. I actually read that one and I liked that one. I thought, especially for the first appearance, especially for how old the issue is. I thought that was actually a pretty good Mephisto story. Yeah, I know John yeah. liked that one too. Uh, agreed. Yeah, it's 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 one of the standards in which other subsequent appearances of Mephisto, especially in stories like this, where it's Mephisto has a big scheme and he takes on heroes. That's the one you base it against because it's yeah, it's really really good. The art's outstanding as it, mm-hmm. as it is here, and um, I love that whole uh, Stanley uh, Romita. Uh, Silver Surfer series. Red as a whole, it's really repetitive because it's the same sort of story ever. People like to call Silver Surfer uh, like Jesus, a 
Jesus in space figure. Some some do, but he's really a Lucifer figure in that series. He's trapped on Earth. He's away from his God, as it were. He feels punished, as it were. He's surrounded by all of these people that he does not like or does not understand. And Mephisto like shows up and is introduced to view him as a, a pure soul. Mm-hmm. And just decides that because that doesn't exist, I have to tempt him. And it's amazing. I don't want to step on your toes with that, Rick, because I'm sure you no. have to say. No, I, that was that was wonderful. I loved that. That was great. That was a good way of uh, looking at it, a good way of deconstructing it, really. And you know what? You brought up something, and I, I meant to bring it up at the beginning of this entire conversation. But we are recording this the week that we did lose Stan Lee. And mm-hmm. I know for me, I haven't had an opportunity yeah. to do any kind of thing on my show because we just released on Sunday. But I mean, I I think we all have pretty strong feelings about Stan Lee, uh, whether or not he was, you know, there's a lot of that you can say about him, but the number one thing is he was a promoter and lover of comic books, period. Not Mar, not just Marvel. I mean, Marvel was his baby, but Mm -hmm. he loved the form of comic books. He loved all comic books and he just wanted people to get out there and read. And he just wanted to tell a good story. And, I think that he he was very successful on bringing the pulp books to the masses and getting people to really enjoy it. And I think we the world will always be hearing welcome true believers in their head for forever because of him. So yeah, I will. Um, speaking of that Silver Surfer series and by Stan, not only did I read that one, I read I was skimming through the series and earlier today actually I read issues sixteen and seventeen which is Mephisto again going after the surfer. And that was a pretty entertaining story, too, where he manipulates him into fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh. <laughs> I need to look at the entire series then. That entire series, it's great. It was and it's, it was very late in Stan Lee's um, full-time writing series. Yeah. He had moved on into, mm. well, he was making the transition to then just be paid to be Stan Lee. He's always said that his favorite character is the Silver Surfer, even though Jack Kirby pretty much is known to have created the Silver Surfer. He tagged it on in the Galactus story. Both Stan and Jack agree on that. It's a really nice, very mature for Stanley, especially for the age. And it's a nice one to read to remember him by. I have been finding. Yeah. Nice. Tim, did you find any uh, stories that you liked? I also did check out that um, number, th- that Silver Surfer three recently when you all were uh, talking about it on Twitter. So that that was really good. Um, I have not read the rest of that series yet, but I, it's now I've got to add it to the list. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the never-ending list of comic Ex- books. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. The first Mephisto story I probably read was the Fantastic Four Burn issues, right there, mm-hmm. and. And then I know they had their problems, but they really made an impact of me about who Mephisto was and and how much of a, of a menace and presence he was. So I, you know, I, you, I still go back to that one. Are you talking? Are you talking about uh, Sue Richards running around in her bra and panties? Well, thankfully, in the real part when he was fighting them, she was actually in her costume there. Oh, when 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 they were in in hell, yes, yes, yeah. But but her lying up on the ground, you know, like laying on yeah. a blanket and they just have her exposed as she's lying on the ground. Now yeah. that, that one, which is exactly what a rescue workers would do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, or, or at least what, you know, John Burns, like I would, said, 
Yeah. Like I said, no problems with it. No problems. No problems. But but Mephisto, Mephisto is yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's that's the distinction I'd say there. Uh, also, recently I was um I've been uh, binging through Dan Slotten and the All Reds Silver Surfer run, and there's an issue where the surfer and his friend uh, Don Greenwood go to this space casino. Isn't it nice how you can just call anything a space something and you just, it's, it just works? Okay. So they go, <laughs> they go to a space casino and Mephisto just happens to be there. And he's trying to do the Del went down to George's bit with an alien to try to – and with, actually whips out a golden fiddle and everything. And it's <laughs> just a hilarious awesome. bit. Great. It's a hilarious awesome. bit. <laughs> and, of oh. course he lo- and, of course, he loses. He loses of course. Because the – because the alien has like six arms and plays, you know, <laughs> and I want to read that. That's a great oh, you, you have yes, you have to check. You can't miss it because the cover um, has the Silver Surfer sitting at a poker table, looking at his cards, and you can see what cards he has because they're reflected off his silver skin. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the worst poker so, tell ever is to have shiny skin. Exactly. <laughs> so. Just, just as a side, that entire Silver Surfer run by Dan Slott and the All Reds, it's, it's incredible. Read it. But that one bit of Mephisto in there, it was really a nice, uh, nice touch in that particular issue. Very good. Very good. I would like to move us, if you all don't mind, into oh. a section that I call Awards of Merit. Or, in our case, Demerit. Um, we, I, we had other Mephisto stories. Oh, you did? I'm no, sorry? I've actually... No, 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 that's okay. It's just I, I actually have gone out and read another Mephisto oh, story since yes. this one. And Please. It, uh, I apologize. That's okay. Uh, Daredevil 278 through 282, where it's and eventually he comes across one that has a crucifix on top and he breaks it and he makes fire out of it. Mephisto has a law that only he is allowed to make fire in hell. And it, all these stories kind of have these weird sort of tortures for each individual person, and they all converge at the end. And Daredevil beats Mephisto by turning the other cheek and walking away. And it was a very different, much more esoteric than this could ever have hoped to have been, and a lot more metaphorical, I think, as well. And it was Romita Jr.'s uh, different. Uh, artistic mm-hmm. take which on. was super cool i really liked that more animalistic kind of mephisto i thought that was really neat i was confused by it I, i'll be honest it was very odd it was a strange story to read but i did like it significantly better than these <laughs> and i liked uh, the mephisto a lot better too i thought he was a little bit more insidious and they did a better job of revealing him as as the villain i think in that in that series i reread that one too uh, when she did I think it was necessary to change his form in that because that was a different Mephisto than ever been seen. This one was really a Clive Barker, much more manipulative, tear the wings off of flies Mephisto. This was a really, really evil, horrific one. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Yeah. I just finished reading that that run of Daredevil recently myself. Oh, yeah? Um, Yeah, it was. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. And Nascenti's. I would style there. I would call a very poetic set of it stories is. there. Um, it is quite poetic. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. It was really, really interesting. Really a great take on the on the character. Mm-hmm. And if you like that look from Mephisto, um, Christopher Priest's run on Black Panther, starting in '98, yes. some Marvel nights. The first five issues do involve Mephisto giving Everett Ross pants. <laughs> <laughs> and <I> it's, 
<laughs> and it's it, it, as as weird as that sounds, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's priest. So if you're ever read anything by priest, it makes sense. But yeah, he gives the guy pants, and then he tries to get rid of them, and he can't get the pants off because every time he takes them off, he's still wearing pants. <laughs> and I wanted to briefly say, just for Greg's sake, one. who's not here, another one was um, Amazing Spider-Man 274. It's a Secret Wars 2 crossover. Mm-hmm. It's it's a retelling of the Book of Job, which I didn't even realize until Greg pointed it out. But it's Mephisto versus the Beyonder for the sake of the universe's existence for another 24 hours. And the whole point is Spider-Man has to, for the universe to exist, Spider-Man, who is Mephisto's champion, has to save the Kingpin from being uh, assassinated. And the Beyonder throws every bit of guilt that ever at Spider-Man, but he was defeated before he started because it's it's Peter. And Peter's going to come through on that. But even with all that, Mephisto still tries to cheat. One of the first ones I ever read with him, and it's hilarious because you actually are on the you're rooting for Mephisto because he's on Spider-Man's side, mm. but he's still going to try to cheat and by cheating kill Spider-Man, and so you wind up hating him. <laughs> that was my first encounter with him, and that taught me everything I needed to know about the character. I've read that. I was collecting Spider. I've been collecting Spider-Man for um, thirty-five years now. Don't judge me. And, <laughs> um, and so yeah, I, I read that story back when it first came out. And yeah, we, I reread it when I knew they were coming up to that in the in the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Um, so yeah, the other other angle, interesting angle to me on that part too was that the Beyonder had an agent. His agent was Zarathos. And Zarathos, <laughs> that was the demon. Was, that was Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. The Ghost Rider, yeah. So yeah. it's like... Oh, I am known by many names, man, yeah. Spider. Yeah, that was a pretty intense issue. Oh, that kind of agent. See, I'm thinking of Zarathos as like, you know, a hot, an agent. Like, he's <laughs> on the phone. Beyonder, baby, how are you? <laughs> Look, I got this part for you. It's awesome. No, that's Sid. That was Sid, you know. <laughs> I've just been enjoying listening to you guys talk about it because I could not think of any other Mephisto stories that I could come up with myself from my own memory. Although I, I, I was trying to remember because I know I collected them and I know I read them. The Avengers West Coast bit where that he was in there kind of tormenting uh, Scarlet Witch and and doing a lot of other stuff to the West Coast Avengers. But but once again, it's like. He never really stuck out for me. I think that this series burned him, burned him out of my head when I was a kid. So <laughs> just, just, yeah, didn't, the big, just didn't want to care. That was the big lead up to to Avengers West Coast number one hundred, right? Yeah. Oh, that one. I thought you were talking about the earlier one with Master Pandemonium. Oh well, then there's that. <laughs> I have demon that was, for arms. That part. That part was. I have. Blessed. His, the Mephisto part of that part was blessedly short. That was the, my first real, literal experience with Mephisto was in that West Coast Avengers issue. Where I've got Scarlet Baby's babies, or Scarlet, uh, sorry, Scarlet Witch's babies for arms, yeah. Yeah, that's, oh God, that's right. Yeah, John Byrne drew the <sighs> heck out of that picture, too. Comics are weird. (laughs) (laughs) If you thought this series was disturbing. uh, (laughs) There's a lot. I love Avengers West Coast. 
I love Avengers fans. West Coast, but they got too. some weird stuff in there. Yeah. Well, say at least and oddly. Doesn't... Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, at least this one doesn't tread into the territory of someone climbing in and out of someone else's vagina, too. Well, then we, that was, oh, Chuck, you had to bring Chuck, Chuck Austin. Austin? Oh, now you're going to summon him. <laughs> just, I mean, I've uh, never read it. I will not read wait. it. John told me about it. And I said, what? Um, excuse me, what now? What was it? Was Ant-Man? Right? Oh, yeah. Way off the rails. Sorry. Here. I'm just saying, at least this wasn't as bad as that. Well, to be fair, he did write at least one or two issues of, cher- of Cherry Pop-Tart, so... Kind of makes sense he would go Dino. there eventually. <sighs> and on that note, <laughs> that's, a, that's a better segue to talk about own a word of demerit. I'm throwing out something to you guys because I want to, I like to rank things. I like to have lists and I like to think what little pieces, what little minutia, if I can steal it from tighten up the defense that we saw in this series. And I've got a few awards that we should give out. And we're going to go ahead and start with the demon of the week. Who was your favorite character in this series? Favorite character? Uh, I'm going to go back to saying Rogue probably throughout the two that I read. She has moments where she stands up pretty badassedly against Mephisto. And I think that the handling and treatment of her character was atrocious and that it should not be held against her. Um, obviously, because she's not a real person. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I would say my favorite character throughout this was probably Rogue. All right. Um, let's go ahead and go to Al. Oh, okay. Um, actually, very easy. I was actually going to say the same thing. Rogue, for everything I said before. Despite what happened to her and use, you know, what happened to the character, she was the only one who actually attempted to be proactive and succeeded. You know, she didn't get her ass kicked in five seconds like, well, pretty much everyone else in everybody the Avengers. Else. Literally everybody else, yeah. <laughs> Tim. Okay, well, uh, can I say Spider-Man for managing to avoid being in this stinker completely? No, no, no I, I will disqualify. No? Okay. We'll disqualify him because he is Mister Not okay. Appearing in this film. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, well, maybe She-Hulk because she managed to be in two issues, kind of, sort of. I was no. thinking about that. No. I was thinking about that too, but then I realized that there were. A few people that appeared in two because Reed appeared yes. in a couple, but Reed oh. sucked. Yeah, Reed um, sucked. Reed was in all four, and he sucked. Yeah. So <laughs> no. So I, I was going to say the thing because mm-hmm. straight up he dives into a fist fight with Mephisto and didn't back down when it was obvious he didn't have a chance. Right. Uh, right there. That's Ben Grimm all the way. So I was going to say the thing. That was good. That's my vote. The thing. Yeah, he was. He was uh, my favorite from when. Just for that issue, he was my favorite character from that issue. I think he was the only one that did anything good in that issue. But uh, what about you, John? Uh, ben Grimm, also. Oh, really? Because he's always my favorite character if it's a Marvel comic and he's <laughs> in it unless Daredevil's in it. <laughs> but <laughs> John has a bias. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, we, we've got a split thing here with Rogue and the Thing, and I, I should really be the person to break this tie yeah but nick but, root gets it dude but but i'm gonna but but i'm gonna say Iceman. <laughs> oh i'm completely throwing you You're guys going off there. Ice Man. You're going there okay i i have to say though i did like Iceman because he was the one that just the entire time mephisto was talking he was not buying anything mephisto was selling he was just like true 
No, I'm 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 not oh, playing I... your game. And so Mephisto, Mephisto, instead of anything else, with Bobby just saying, you know, I'm not playing this game, Mephisto just melts him. It's like, okay, you got under Mephisto's skin so much that he you didn't attack him, you didn't do anything else, you didn't try to go for any of the uh, uh, anything that he was offering that he just had to kill you or just get you off the board. That's better than anybody else. Uh, Can I change my vote? Because (laughs) no, seriously, just to tie it. You're going to leave team. You're going to leave team Grim. What? What? You're leaving (laughs) team Grim? No, just because it reminded me while rereading that uh, Daredevil one that Maggie. Had, had found there's a situation in there where it's established that if, if Mephisto Mephisto actually gets um, angry enough and utterly destroys a mortal in his own realm because out of just peak and frustration and she immediately ascends to heaven because that's the rule. It's like if of course you could destroy any of these people, but if you do that, you lose them forever. So I'm going to assume that it's canon that Bobby will go to heaven. No. <laughs> I like that. I like it. <laughs> and actually, that's one good point about that is that Iceman was the only one who was not tempted with a selfish wish. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone exactly. else had a right. personal selfish yes. wish. His thing mm. was, temptation was, hey, let's make peace on Earth. And he's like, oh. and he was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, you're, you're giving him props for turning down peace on Earth. Because he's what kind of a monster is he? <laughs> Peace on Earth from Mephisto. It would be like getting your aunt back. Yeah, he's just he's like he's like he's like no, I, I I'm not playing this game. So I think he's I think he's even smarter than anybody else because like nah, this guy this is boring. This is stupid. I don't want to play. <laughs> he's all right. Like, I'm out. I would, like, I would likewise say that in that issue, yes, Bobby was definitely the best in that issue. Yeah. Like and I did say and, on the C4's yeah. episode that... Oh, sorry. Demi, go, go on. Now, 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 no fighting in the... No fighting around the table of fire. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Al. What I was going to say is... And I did say on the C4's episode, that's why I thought Bobby's the one he should have went after, not Jean Grey. Because Bobby would have been the most pure soul out of yeah. all four, out of the five of them. Oh, I agree completely. I... That one thing, and I really didn't like that. The, like the cover gave it away so badly on that one that Jean was who he'd be going after with her in the center of the of the cover like that. It's like ah, really? But yeah, no, Bobby should have been the target all the way. Yeah. Well, Jean Grey's always the target of everybody for everything. Well, she's mm-hmm. a redhead. It's like ooh, we we want to we want a Snickers. Well, go steal Jean Grey, and we'll get. <laughs> well, it's because it's it, well, it's because look, man. Didn't you read the X-Men issue, uh, Boys Night Out, the gene bomb, the, the bomb that's going to destroy all of mankind? Oh, the invasion? Yes, I did. Yeah, the invasion? <laughs> yeah, parody? Yeah. Yep. Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, I, man. I, I'm going to throw... So, uh, we, we got some ties there, but we I think we got some good choices for our Demon of the Week. But let's find out who was really cursed. Who was the most mischaracterized hero? And I think I think we all have got the answer on this one. Al. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> it's probably no surprise because I've already said it before. Wolverine. Maggie? Yeah, uh, Wolverine for sure. Mostly because I actually did Google Wolverines today. They don't howl at the moon. Or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> they are the largest member. Okay. Um, they are the largest member of the weasel family. Weasels do not howl at the moon. <laughs> um, 
Does, no. uh, how many people on this podcast listen to uh, uh, Jay and Moss explain the X-Men? <laughs> Anybody? I, although I think I need to. Peeler? Uh, Peeler? Nope, nobody else listens to explain the I, X-Men? I wish I had the time. Okay. I, I heard their Claremont interview. I okay. chat with them on Facebook. And the Louise one. <laughs> hey, I, I, the, it's, it is an amazing series. It's, it's a, just amazing what they get through and do. But it, if you start talking to them about, you know, how much Wolverine has to do with wolves... It's a deep dark hole that you will never climb out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, the first thing that comes up on Google, if you type in, and I did, do Wolverines howl at the moon? It's a Wired article that says they Wolverines have nothing to do with wolves, and they actually reference the that uh, the Mephisto versus X Men issue in the article. <laughs> yeah. Because they're talking about the character of Wolverine, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad I Googled this. You never told uh, me anything. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I kept it to myself for this uh, game. That was pretty good. That's good. That's Who good. You, <laughs> All right, let, let me just let me just do it this way. Does anybody else have one besides Wolverine? <laughs> nope. I Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine is the most cursed person of this entire saga, which is oh, yes. that's saying something right there. All right, let's really have some fun now. Let's talk about the art from hell. What's the best panel or scene in all four issues? We've already talked about how nice the art is. The art, the art is fantastic. Um, I still have a little bit of an issue with, I don't know how many of you have the hard copies. Well, I, I think some of you already said you did. But the paper on there, I know it's a really nice stock paper, but I think that it, it does something weird with the art. It's supposed to make the art pop more, and I think it does it in the wrong way. I don't know; it just might be me. But, but what was your favorite piece of art from the entire series? Uh, Tim, go, ahead. go first. Yeah, Tim. No, okay. Uh, I, I've got I've got a joke one, ah. um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm afraid to try this. I, I think it's one that Jeff had pointed out as well, which I from from issue one, which is the little legs in issue one where Franklin Richards is running saying, I better go tell mommy and daddy that uncle Ben's going to kill uncle Johnny. That's one of my runner ups. I love that one. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that's, adorable. That is fun. Yeah. That's um, on uh, that's on page nine or page five of the first issue. And it's just the white background with, with Franklin, just all of his might, all the yeah. power of pumping those little legs. And his arms are just working and he's got that little kid lip of determination going. It's, it's that's it's a riot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a riot. It's a good one. That reminds me a lot of one of some of the uh, later issues of Power Pack. Not later, later, but after June Brigman leaves, the John Bogdanov issues, where mm-hmm. he would have like, especially like Franklin or Katie being goofy. Yeah. Yes. And cute. Yes. That looks so, so much like one of his panels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all the way. But my actual best panel, I was going to say it's the the last page of issue three that x-men issue where we have gigantic mephisto holding the four x-men in his hand like that is that's a satanic issue uh, image all the way and i just i just i just love that i think it's even especially cool with gene gray kind of floating up as part of the Mm -hmm. fire Mm -hmm. up into the air yes and and actually, which I don't know if they mean to or not, but it almost looks like there's some phoenix heads in the flames too. They could be just having fun with that a little bit. But yeah, it's it's a very 
cool, cool entire page spread. It's fantastic. So since he uh, since he stole one of yours, Al, why don't you go next? Oh, uh, he actually stole two. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, he stole mine too. <laughs> was, um, for for my my favorite, ditto. Yeah, that last panel. In fact, if anyone goes to the well, as of now, before I change it again, but my Facebook page for my show, that is the header. That or at least part of that page. That is an awesome page. That page is amazing. That last page of uh, issue three. Yeah. But I still have two things that, that you didn't talk about because I have a joke one from uh, issue three. Oh, hold on one second. One second. One thing we should say is that just to tie it into our previous conversation, that awesome picture we were talking about, the panel directly before that is Wolverine howling at the moon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, it is. is. <laughs> so we're going from with possibly. I'm not an animal. I'm a man. <laughs> we're going from possibly <laughs> the worst panel to the best. <laughs> yeah, that is the best. Yeah. Uh, but my joke would be in the same issue. The first, with Jean Grey, it's page three or four. The Mystic Mylar. Oh, <laughs> the first God. appearance. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes, Mystic oh. Mylar. And my other, I had two runner-ups, I'm glad I did, is from issue one, that evil, evil version of Willie Lumpkin. I never thought Willie Lumpkin could be scary, but holy crap, did John Buscema make him terrifying in that panel. Yeah, that's on page 10, and it's got the red, yeah, yeah. and it's got the the red kind of up up light going up above and the the mean look well you know you would look like that too if somebody was rooting through your sacks depends who it is (laughs) crickets touche 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 although if it's willie lumpkin probably 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 (laughs) hey whatever whatever, yeah whatever wiggles your ears You had another one, sir? <laughs> no, those are the two. That was the Mystic okay. Mylar, and then the, my other runner-up was the Evil Willie Lumpkin. So I'll use okay. that one for now, since somebody stole my main one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go pout up here, and by pout, I mean drink another beer. <laughs> I'm I'm almost done with my second. I'm rather with you. Uh, Maggie, go ahead. Yeah, Tim stole mine, too, so I'd like to know who to talk to to lodge a formal complaint. <laughs> Willie Lumpkin. Well, well, Tim's a podcasting career abrupted quite suddenly, and there, apparently he got blacklisted. <laughs> He's going to have to do a podcast. Yeah. It's, it, is hard to, it is hard to beat that, that last one there, yeah. Did you have any other ones at all? Yeah, any anytime there was big Mephisto, like the one where he's kind of perched like on his throne, I think it's like a court, top quarter of of the page. Is that's a pretty cool one too. But end the Avengers, yeah. in, at the end of Avengers, and then the one in that's the X Men one. No, oh, that's the Avengers one too. I'm looking at it on our iPad, um, mm. where he pops Thor into his mouth. I oh, think yeah. that's <laughs> what I need to. Oh. like like he's a Pez, you know. <laughs> you know? I like I like the follow up one there where he where Thor bust out of the middle of his head. That's that was almost on mine a couple of times. I did like that one. I did yeah. like that a lot. That, that was mine. headache. My eccentric headache <laughs> number one thousand right there. Yeah. <laughs> like Athena bursting forth from Zeus's head, although not steeped in Greek mythology. <laughs> uh, and not a good and not a good story. Not no, good story. exactly. No, not a good story. <laughs> 
so what about you, John? Mine was the entire sequence of uh, Thor's trials and tribulations up until leading up to him burst, being eaten and then bursting through his head. I love the way um, Bushema draws Thor. Just the close-up of his, his angry face. And it's just the whole aspect of, this is how you've decided you're going to torture Thor? You haven't been reading his uh, book for the past year, dude. I mean, he's been through a lot. He's been a frog, man. <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are not man? going to... You are but not going to put a... <laughs> He was fro- the fabulous frog man? The ba- fabulous no, no, frog. The probably is, uh, oh, Throg. 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 Uh, frog of thunder. Oh, yes. I know. If you've not read it, do it. Oh, <laughs> I, I've, I have read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my. Have I read it? Oh, oh that's a great story. <laughs> He's even in the Secret Wars, the new Secret Wars, the newest Secret yes. Wars Hyatt episode. In the Thor's issue, which is my favorite. Oh yeah, he's uh, also in as Guardians of the Galaxy. Throb. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other ones, John? Uh, there were a lot of good stuff in the Fantastic Four one, just with uh, the look on Ben's face when he thought he had killed Johnny. Yeah, it was very well done, and him peeling Ben like a banana. Yeah. I'm getting oh kidding. god, yes. that is that yes. is my top yes. one right there, and that's uh-huh. and this goes back to what I said earlier on because that was the top picture that I had put I had chosen for mine. When he gets peeled like an orange, that was the one piece of this comic book that I remembered reading the first time through. That image stuck with me because it's oh, it's vicious. That's and pretty it, unnerving. It's the closest thing to horrifying in this whole thing. Just if you, I mean, it happens really quickly and then it moves on, but it's just toying with him. And it's hard to, it's hard to see bit. I mean, it's hard to see the thing afterwards and going, huh, inside you, there's just this, this monster, this, this gooey white monster. That's all that's inside you. (laughs) It looks like a whiter version of the Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah. I, I happen to love Oogie Boogie <laughs> or the, and that movie. I should watch that. It's almost Christmas time. No, that's that's a good one. And then my other one I had was, and I think it was also mentioned too really quickly by somebody, the final panel of the fourth book where uh, Mephisto is sitting on his throne just looking, kind of breaking the fourth wall looking out. That's just an, a nice ending right there. He's just, mm-hmm. he's like, ha ah, I lost. I don't care. I got a smile on my face and I'm going to keep being me. It's so just it's, great to be evil. Just, it's good to be a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, my last little award that I want to give out is the rack of honor. There's a lot of interesting things that Mephisto did to these characters. I mean, the, the story is horrible, but I think that we can agree that, one of the best parts was kind of the torture because there were some interesting tortures that he put out to the characters. So uh, kind of from my memory of a uh, Law and Order SVU episode, I think there's one time that they ask Ice-T's character, what's your favorite form of torture? <laughs> <laughs> so, Al, what's your favorite form of torture, man? All right. Mine, because it's the most realistic and, you know, so like... M- Many people actually experienced probably, and you stole mine. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. You stole mine. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's, the, and it's probably one that happens to him every single day. It's Ben Grimm watching fake Johnny and fake Alicia rubbing it in his face that they're together. Let me read my notes here. Johnny and Alicia kissing in front of Ben. Yep. 
Yeah, <laughs> because that's one that we can almost everybody at some point could probably relate to. And poor Ben is probably dealing with that, even though they're trying not to probably has to deal with that every single day. I haven't read that much Fantastic Four from the period, or, or if I did, it's been a long time. I think that they purposely went out of their way not to do that in front of him. But the fact that they are, you know, making it so obvious and, and they're kissing in front and they're holding each other and they're kind of rubbing each other and their cheeks are together, kind of mocking him. That is what Ben sees when he just catches them walking down the hallway, holding hands. He sees them just barely touching. And in his mind, that's the scene that Ben sees. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Is that they're not trying to, I, I know them. They would not be those characters. They would Johnny would never try and rub it in his face and would try and downplay it. Yep. But all they have to do is just Ben has to catch him, their fingers brushing together. And that's what he sees. Yep. Exactly. No, that's an excellent choice. And that was mine too. Um, what do you got, Tim? Oh, well, that one is is like my second choice. Although, and related to it was that just revisiting the whole peeling Ben out of the skin thing. <laughs> that part's just so chilling. But I actually was going to go for this scene in X Factor where Scott Summers blasts the image of his wife and son. That was just, you know, they pull, pull that out of nowhere. And it's like, it's actually like his worst nightmare from his, from the whole history of his character is mm-hmm. his, his powers destroying an innocent life or let, or even worse, the killing somebody that he cares about. And he pulls it out right in front of him. Mm-hmm. That was uh, very well done. Yeah, and then Mephisto follows it up with, uh, but look on the bright side, Cyclops, at least this solves the, your quandary over which of mm, over which of the sows you would choose. Yeah, I just realized that's a horrible yeah. line, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, Mephisto is a bit of a, well, what's the word to put it? Jackass? Cad. <laughs> I like yours better. <laughs> I thought he was a nice guy. He's just in a bad job. He's like, I just got, I'm just working here, people. Tim, 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 bad, bad news, <laughs> brother. Um, okay. <laughs> we, we, we gave you the voice of the villain of the piece. All right, never mind. All right. <laughs> I think we All broke right. him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, Mephisto's just this guy, okay? He's just this guy, He's isn't this guy. I mean, hey. if Rogue was able to relate to him stealing people's souls, who else could? You know, <laughs> he's a relatable character. <laughs> We've been looking at this all wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the victim here. Exactly. <laughs> you all don't understand. It's a lot of work down here. These souls just are complaining all the time. And it's like, uh-huh. the lava's too hot, and the spikes are too pointy, and I didn't get a tetanus shot. It's like, gee, tiny people. Oh, Maggie. Thanks yeah. for getting us off. Thanks for getting us off track. But you know, what's what's your favorite torture besides uh, you my- know, whatever you you know in the books, not what you do to John? Right. Exactly. Uh, that's too many to list. So the the one I'm going to mention isn't so much a torture, just as it was something that was particularly mean and spiteful, I thought. And not to dwell on this part of the book, but it was absolutely absurd. But when Mephisto tells Wolverine uh, that his he doesn't even consider that his soul has any kind of quality to it. He's got the soul of an animal, I think is what he yeah. says to him. And yeah. then he goes off and howls at the moon. But I mean, that's kind of a rude thing to say, I think. Yeah. It's a bit harsh. I, I, it wasn't exactly done, torturous. Done that better. Nice. That that's a, conceptually that's a great torture for Wolverine. That's what I was thinking. That like is, I think if they had built on that, that probably because yeah. much like Same I would Longshot. imagine right. 
with Ben Grimm being pulled apart and there's that white monster, like Ben's biggest fear is that he is nothing but that monster. Right. Well, not maybe not his biggest fear, but I would say one of his fears is that he's constantly referring to himself as a monster and how he doesn't want to be th- seen that way. So that works as a good torture for him. And I would imagine that this was kind of the same thing for Wolverine, too, is that he's not an animal. He is a man. He's just very short and angry. Yes. Like Wolverines are. Again. <laughs> and stabby. And stabby. 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 Yes. stabby. Snick, snick, snick. Snick, snick, do you have any? Snick. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add in there or a different one or that's what you're going no. with? John's got his, though. John, what's your gut? Uh, I got two. One is an, another more conceptual one that isn't followed up with long shot telling him, no, you don't even have a soul. And walking away is a great torture that was never Chris Claremont wanted absolutely nothing to do with this to follow up on it. But that would have been an interesting idea for him to have a quandary with that. But the other for me is going back to Ben Grimm following up is where he is made to think he kills Johnny after, you know, the roughhousing fights mm-hmm. because it's a staple of the fantastic four forever. They get into some serious knockdown drag outs because they're both really powerful and really hard to hurt. But in this case, Ben seriously thinks, Oh my God, I killed him due to my own rage. I am a monster. And then is easily manipulated. And where do monsters go? Well, mm-hmm. they go to, it was, Foosh. it but it it almost made you think hey maybe this is gonna be a great series nope (laughs) and then they ruined it with the reed richards one which wouldn't have worked (laughs) you're saying stealing mail is not a fushable offense um (laughs) wait what (laughs) hey ruins it don't get on the bad side of willie lumpkin well, you, all you have to do is just go play with his sack again. And, you know, no, never mind. No, I think those are all fantastic tortures. But there's one torture that we just didn't talk about. And that's the torture that we all endured reading the series and talking about it for okay, way, I, I way wrote this too long. <laughs> I, wrote this down in, I wrote this down in my notes. I wrote this down in my notes. Mephisto says, making re-review these comics for a podcast is not permitted to be your answer. <laughs> Always throwing down the rules, Mephisto. <laughs> that's hey, right. I, that's I that's what it, that's his job. It's all about the rules, right? He got the contracts. You got to agree to it. You got to stand, yep. stand in line. You got to the, the, the that's rules why he, control the fun. That's why he couldn't beat Daredevil. Daredevil's a lawyer. You cannot outrule lawyer. And that's why he beat him. No, no, yeah, a blind Catholic lawyer. <laughs> exactly. He did kind of beat uh, of the She-Hulk, and you know Jennifer Walters is a lawyer too. So, <sighs> oh well, I like the Daredevil one better. Yeah. Before we close out the episode, let's cover the feedback. And this feedback is from episode eighty-five, our Stanley episode on Facebook. The post about that episode was shared and liked by Joe Sedano, Jason Venable, Kimberly Sedano. Comic reviews by Walt. Jesse Starcher, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Michael Lane, Pat Sampson, Mike Peacock, Bill Bear, Aaron Head Moss, Gene Hendricks, Derek William Crabb, and Jonathan Schaefer Hames. On Twitter, the post was retweeted and liked by Jason Snick Venable and Super Ordinary Pod. Thank you. Alright, now for some more general feedback. First of all, Tumblr. Gotta thank a few more of the people who follow us on Tumblr. 
And please bear with me because Tumblr names are always probably not meant to be spoken. And that's what I'm doing. All right, so thank you to Oscar Gonzor Pitar 92 God, I hope I'm somewhat close to being right there. <laughs> Mr. JJJ Personal. Our Dark Collector Runway Me. Ride Dollar Sign. And The Mad Titan. Well, whether I can pronounce your name there or not, thank you for following our Temple page. I do appreciate it. Now, as I said before, I have several emails and comments on the Podbean site that I hadn't responded to because I've been forgetting to check them. Now I am. Everyone will be answered, I promise. This episode, we have a comment from the Podbean site. It actually came the same day as the email we talked about last episode, the one from Barush Nahan. And I'm assuming it's from him as well, because, well, besides coming the same day, and what the content is about, which we'll get to in a second, the Podbean name for the person who left the comment is Nahan. So, not only rocket science. Anyway, the comment is, Is the podcast email still working? I mean, do check it every now and then. And, could you remind me what your email was? Well, Bruce, like I said last episode, it is working. The problem wasn't that I was checking it every now and then. I was more checking it then. (laughs) I'm working on doing more now. Hopefully I won't lose track of that. So you can send emails, because I will read them. Oh, wait, you need the address? You, You said that. And you also gave me an awesome segue. Thank you. You can send emails to resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Other ways to get in touch with us are to leave a comment on our Facebook page. Just type in Adam Warlock in the search box, we pop up. Follow and then comment to us on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. Download the Podbean app and follow us and comment there. And of course, you can always leave an iTunes review. Whatever tickles your fancy. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. In late 1984, Marvel's direct sales manager sat in a crowded meeting of comic retailers. Let's be honest, Secret Wars was crap, right? But did it sell? The room exploded with applause. Well, get ready for Secret Wars Series 2. Beginning in 2018, Pulp to Pixel's Marvel superhero Secret Wars and Beyond will do the unthinkable Secret Wars 2. We'll take a detailed look at the event, the tie-ins, the new characters, and we will attempt to answer one of the largest questions in the history of the Marvel Universe. What the heck was Jim Shooter thinking? No, no, seriously, what was Jim Shooter thinking? Well, you can find out at the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network, where you can subscribe to all of our amazing shows, or just to Secret Wars and Beyond itself, as it is now in its own omnipotent feed. Secret Wars 2 and Beyond, a Pulp to Pixel Podcast production. You'll believe an omnipotent being can use the restroom. I'm Fred Hembeck. You might remember me from my various attempts to destroy the Marvel Universe, or if you're really cool, Mad Magazine. Now, I am a non-corporeal torso hanging around and decorating Mephisto's realm. How did this happen? Well, it's a hell of a story. (laughs) Yeah, I kill me. Anyway, it all started when I walked into the Marvel offices and asked them what I could do. They told me to go to Hades, so I figured they must want me to interview Mephisto. So I arrive, I introduce myself, 
flash my press card, and proceed with the first question, which was, How does it feel to be the star of your very own Marvel Comics limited series, Mephisto? To which Mephisto replied, Limited? Limited? How dare Marvel Comics designate any series I'm associated with as limited? They may be limited, but not Mephisto. If anything, Mephisto is unlimited. And then you zap me here with a bevy of your other... Guests. Meffle boy, does this really prove anything? No, but it makes me feel good. Well, you won't feel so good when you're up against the Fantastic Four, X-Factor, the Avengers, and the X-Men. Quite the contrary, you moralistic miscreant. It is they you need to worry about, not I. What are you getting at? You'll notice each of those groups is scheduled for a single issue apiece, while I... I appeared in all four. Yeah, so? Uh, Say, would you scratch behind my left ear? So, although I haven't been given details of the plot yet, how else could each issue end but with my completely destroying each team? And go scratch yourself. You're crazy. Marvel wouldn't let you kill off those characters. What would they do for superheroes? Well, I hear Brother Voodoo is available. And he probably always will be. Anything else you'd like to tell the readers about? As with anything else I'm associated with, the way to truly enjoy my series is to read it backwards. You don't want to miss any of my special messages, now do you? Your message is coming through loud and clear, Mephisto. Now how about sending me back to where I belong? Oh, I'd do that gladly. Except for one thing... Which is... You are where you belong. Oops. All right, well, that is all I had. Is there any final thoughts that anybody would like to say before we wrap this puppy up in Mylar? Let's agree (laughs) never to discuss this again. Seconded? (laughs) We are the best at what we do. You you don't want to make this annual? It's not going to be annual? There's an idea. Nice. I like the I like the idea of doing another crossover with you guys. Um, let's try sure. to find a better one next time. Well, that's true. Now we are going to be a better <laughs> one next time. <laughs> Here I have a dartboard with list of crossovers on it. I'll just toss one at it. <laughs> I, I don't think we can find a worse one? Question mark. Question mark. Did someone mention Marvel? No. No. Did someone mention Marvel? Or Deathmate. <laughs> oh, God. That's not over. It's a series of sorts. <laughs> I'd say Marvel is worse. How about Trouble? Oh, God. No. no. <laughs> God, no. Not Trouble. I think I think we just need to do one of those annual crossovers. Those are going to be bad enough. <laughs> How about Druid? No, there's no. a character I'd like to get no. to know. I meant best treated character in the series, Druid. I'm sorry, I forgot. That's much in my vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because we hate the guy. <laughs> <laughs> All we right. had an inkling in our heads of once doing a something with Civil War, but but doing it up like a Ken Burns documentary with like old timey Civil War music. But, <laughs> You guys got to be in on that. No. Well, I, I am. I am totally up for doing a, another crossover yeah. sometime with you guys. I had a good time doing this. I mean, right. 
all jokes aside, all jokes aside, the, the, the Mephisto series is bad, but this was a lot of fun working with all of you guys. Thank you very much for doing this with me. And let's, let's do this again sometime. And once again, thank you very much to Tim for being our voice. I wish yes. that we could have had uh, Jeff and uh, Sean and Greg here, but hey, we had more fun without them. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is but, our and, club now. Screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> go, go suck a Mylar bag, guys. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. We have to work that into the vernacular now and suck on a Mylar bag. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start saying that. People, <laughs> I don't care what looks I get. Uh, love you, baby. The last, the last thing I'm just gonna ask you guys is, uh, how did you all enjoy your beers? I'm on number two. I'm enjoying this one. This is good. <laughs> and once again, remind me what you got. This is the Devil's Chair uh, IPA from Red Excellent. Cypress Brewery in where is it? Winter Springs, Florida. And uh, Tim, how did you like your uh, okay. ginger soda? Yeah, my ginger beer was awesome. It was a Cutstown. Pennsylvania, it's a nice little, nice little spicy kick. Really good. Very nice. And uh, you know, Maggie wasn't playing, but John, what'd you think of that arrogant bastard? Uh, it was a bit too bitter for my taste, so I guess it was right. But luckily, I switched to uh, vodka sodas right after that, and it wiped out my entire uh, memory of what it tastes like. That's how I started. I, I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to go for the vodka, because we have to talk about Mephisto Versus again, and probably for a few hours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> vodka ginger ale it is. Ooh, well, I never heard of that combo. Vodka ginger ale. You do anything in Wisconsin. It's like, <laughs> I got booze in my left hand. What do you got to mix it with? Hand me that. It's November 16th, <laughs> and it was like 12 degrees outside yesterday. So this is what we do now. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't be complaining because it was cold because it was like in the high 50s. Yeah, no, that's not cold. You go to hell. <laughs> you go to hell. Shut up. I did have ice on my trees this morning that was pretty awesome i dealt with that for 30 something years i'm in jersey i left that i chose i'm like screw this i'm up i'm going to florida screw you guys i'm good with him i I, I had i had fog this morning uh but yeah no i we had quite decent weather out here it's been clear and no it was a little it's been cold but it warmed up today so we're fine we're fine thanks for asking well, good for you How are you? Yes, that's great. How are you? I love, love it. Uh-huh. Um, my Black Lucifer was quite, quite tasty. I bought myself two bottles in case Jeff showed up. He didn't, so I had two bottles. And I am feeling very nice. Thank you very much. So, no, I, I would highly recommend this Black Lucifer. This is quite tasty little Belgian ale. Very nice. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm uh, once again. With this one. What's that? I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm happy with this one because I almost didn't because I had another one I wanted to get because I like it. I was just trying to figure out a way to relate it to the show. <laughs> welcome. To, welcome to me. I, I've got I've got an entire uh, uh, closet full of beer for the, our upcoming Power Pack shows. I think I've got an, an, about eight or nine more shows worth. No, no. I think I'm actually up to about 12 now. 12 shows worth. And they're all matched up with the different shows. So yeah, it's a yeah, fun life. I was working hard. Yeah, you work hard. I, there's, hey. there's no doubt about that. Is that is some dedication right there? Hey, I gotta tell you, I, I go I'll tell you. I'm serious. Every I'm every serious. Friday, every other Friday night, I'm going to uh, John's Marketplace and taking a look around there and like, hey, what comics are coming up and how can I match that up? So, 
these are these are the troubles that I have to deal with. But once again, thank you all very much for for coming around our table of fire here, and we'll just do one last time. Tell us your name, tell us your show, and then we'll sign off. So we'll go ahead and start over here with Maggie and John. This is why you talk. I know, but this is the part of the podcast that John usually does. So (laughs) I know our email is marywcomics at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at MWC underscore podcast. We can be found on Facebook with Married. uh, I think you can just search Married with Comics. I'm pretty sure we'll pop up. And we have our episodes are on marriedwithcomics.lipson.com. Very nice. And Al. Oh, sorry. Do you have something else? And? Okay, uh, Al, go ahead. Okay. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Everything you want to know about Adam Warlock and Thanos. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. All right. Uh, Tim, where can we find you? Okay, you can find me on Twitter at TimPrice17. I'm also on Facebook. I'm under Tim Price. There's probably not too many Tim Prices on Facebook. So it'd be pretty easy to find me there. And as no, I don't have a podcast. But I did <laughs> appear twice now on the alpha pod flight podcast by gareth hopkins uh the most recent one just came out this week on tuesday so it should be out where all fine podcasts are found and i actually am slated to appear on a few other in the near future uh might be 2019 really which is that is that the near future oh goodness yes it is (laughs) and i one of those that i can talk about i really the others aren't nailed down yet one i can't talk about is a future appearance on the secret wars and beyond podcast so or so you say it's not like they can verify that that's true (laughs) actually no it's true i wouldn't lie to you (laughs) whatever you say this is one of those at that (laughs) this is one of those occasions where you say I'm going to appear on this one thing. And since they're not there right then to disagree with it, they've got to have him on because he said he's going to be on. So it's canon. Yep. It's canon. They're going to, they're the ones who are going to look like assholes. If he doesn't show up for real, yes. Yes. Maggie is replacing Jeffrey Taylor on from crisis from to crisis. Mm-hmm. Bailey isn't here to verify it. So that's <laughs> I fact. I only wish I was as smart and sneaky as you guys are giving me credit for. <laughs> <laughs> I just am not that smart or sneaky. <laughs> Being smart or sneaky usually involves just nodding your head at the right time, going, yep. Yep. And and smiling. Yes. Don't forget because to smile. Also, don't forget, I had to podcast. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh and finally for me, uh Jeff and Merck present we do Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever you can find podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter at at jeff rick present and our facebook page is jeff and rick present and our email is jeff and rick present all one word at gmail.com website jeff and rick present dot wordpress dot com thank you all very much for listening and thank you guys very much for joining us for this awesome podcast as a way to sign off in the words of the one and only stan the man excelsior, excelsior. we'll fix it in post <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. (laughs) Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production. 
and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Did not. Did not. Ah, the sounds of Mary Bliss. Oh, Uh, the mute didn't work. (laughs) Famous last words. Nice. Okay, we got the script up. Hang on a sec. Oh, nope. nope. Then you better not talk about Iowa. Please, 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 please. Don't be a douchebag voice meter. Don't do it. I'm not f***ing joking around here. What, this isn't what podcasting is like at your house? (laughs) You guys don't have the exact same conversation. Well, Jeff and I have different conversations. I'm just enjoying this peek behind the curtain, let me tell you. Oh. (laughs) Oh, it's it's how sausage is made. Amazing. (laughs) It's an an ugly, it's an ugly, (laughs) ugly thing. (laughs) No, it's very important that I find out how to mute this. So why isn't it doing what I needed to do? Hmm. It hates you. It's just not going to. <laughs> Give up now. Yep. <laughs> you must be heard at all times. I really don't want to be. Well, <laughs> really don't want to be. <laughs> at least you're not dying this time. Uh, no, yes, no. It, and neither is Rick. Oh. Or anybody. Apparently everybody got sick. <clears throat> uh, well, Sean. Uh, Sean's out. So, because of you, or he was sick at least, so. Yeah. Okay, so Mephisto finally won with the plague. <sighs> yeah. Yes. I was going to say that Mephisto's presence is definitely being felt throughout this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that.